Welcome to the Virtual Millionaire Show. This show brings to you millionaire real estate entrepreneurs who have cracked the code to the money game. We discuss how to start and scale a real estate business to millions and beyond, so you can do the same. I'm your host, Michael McDonald. Get ready for an incredible episode. Today I had with me Jason Griggs. Jason is a licensed agent and real estate investor specializing in buying rental properties. And he recently released his course on how to do Airbnbs in Las Vegas. And you will not want to miss this. He has amassed an insane portfolio of some massive cash flow from these Airbnbs. And we're going to break it down on how you can also learn how to do that and dive into it here. Welcome to the show. All right, man. So we are live. Uh, welcome back to the Virtual Millionaire Show, everybody. Um, I have with me today a very special guest, um, Jason Griggs. What is up, my friend? How you doing? My man, Mike. What's up, buddy? Thanks What's for having up? me on. I'm pumped to be here, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited, man, because I think uh, a couple of years ago, I probably, I don't know, three years ago did we meet? Now? Yeah, yeah. I think right when you moved here. Yep, yep. So a few years ago when we met, um, everyone was talking about, you know, Airbnbs and rentals and all of this stuff. And there was a lot of regulation in in, uh, in Henderson and Las Vegas and Clark County in general. And so uh, I'm excited to learn about that and then share with others who may be either here or all over the country who who may be facing some of these situations um, and just kind of dive into it. But before we do that, uh, if you guys are tuning into this live, uh, share this out. Uh, we This is free. We want people to know about this show. And so share this with a friend. We're going to drop some fire today. So I hope you guys are ready. And uh, for people who don't know who Jason Griggs is, man, fill them in. Uh, who are you? A little bit about yourself and how did you get into real estate? Well, so I had a crazy route into real estate. Uh, I was a teacher. I was a phys ed elementary school teacher and I kind of fell into real estate by accident. I, I coach a local high school team here uh, for lacrosse and one of the parents is a broker, a big broker here in Henderson. And I was like, I want to learn real estate. And I went through the process of buying my own my own house loved it and uh the rest is history i i learned how to become an agent and as i was doing that i just fell in love with buying rental properties and so that is now translated into my full life that is what i do full-time i'm a full-time investor as well as an agent and i love just the grind of it just finding properties that here in henderson and now across the country which i've expanded into just uh, trying to buy as many as I possibly can. And uh, I kind of fell into the short-term rental space by accident by doing this with the rental properties. And the saying I have is that uh, the long-term rentals, the short-term rentals are long-term rentals on steroids. And what I mean by that is that the cash flow is just astronomically more. And so it's a lot more profitable and it's a lot more intriguing to get into that side of the business. Yeah, man. So it like when I first started talking to you about um, your strategy, you were buy and hold guy, and you kept telling me, man, how good the cash flow is in Las Vegas, and it didn't click. I just couldn't quite wrap my head around. It. I'm like, what do you mean the cash flow is good? Like I come from a market of 
buying houses for fifty to a hundred thousand uh, dollars. But you came from New York market, so in comparison, if you're comparing apples to apples, that's probably where that could kind of cash flow a lot better than maybe something in New York. Um, but how were you getting your properties to cash flow? Like, what was your strategy initially before the shift to short-term rentals? I was just good, good question. I was just buying because I didn't know anything about off-market stuff for the first three years of my career. I had no clue what wholesaling was. I had no clue direct, what direct to seller was. And I was just buying properties off the MLS in the best location that I could possibly find with low HOAs, low taxes. But that I basically based it off of where people were moving in for the school district in Henderson. Everyone wanted to be, everyone wants to go to Coronado High School. It's the biggest public school here in Henderson. And I just noticed through my lacrosse team that everyone was either moving in or moving out, needed a place to rent, and there was no rentals, and there was a high demand for this one little area. And so I just went heavy in this one particular area in Henderson. And so I was just buying them off, off the MLS, and I would get the commission, and I would use that for my closing costs, and I would find a partner here and there to do it with, and I started managing them my, all myself, and I really learned the business inside and out. And it's it's not rocket rocket science, Mike. You're just buying a place, and you're. I was sprucing them up a little bit, nothing too crazy, put nice pictures, and I do a good job of vetting my tenants the right way, so they can uh, last a long period of time and create that relationship. And now those properties I bought six years ago are triple what they're <laughs> worth now, what I bought them for, and I never sold it. And so one strategy that I've been that I do with my long-term rentals is I, I buy down the mortgage. I pay down the mortgage as much as possible. And soon those things will be paid off. And that's essentially your retirement forever because once those houses are paid off, nobody could take them from you. The market could crash tomorrow and you still have those hard assets. And so that's, oh, it's funny because I've never shifted away from that. That's, I don't know where it came from, but I just got into it. I was like, I'm just going to hold as much real estate as I possibly can. I never over leveraged and I just rent the hell out of them. Yeah, man. I think it's awesome because for a reference, the people who aren't familiar with that area of town, like it's a very nice area. So your approach could have been go to the east side, buy these things for $100,000, deal with the, the headache tenants or whatever the situation may be. Maybe not as much appreciation, but cash flow in my mind seems like it might be a little bit better. Um, what kind of financing do you do to be able to still cash flow on these? Like, cause they were like three to $400,000 properties, right? Now they're so, probably double or triple, like yeah, you said. So but. they were 240,000 bucks, little three, it. four. And, and this is in 2016. So, right. And so you're putting 20% down 40 something thousand bucks down, you know, you get your commission. And, and so our, our, my mortgage is 1200 bucks. And now that, the market rose since then the rents also rose and now i'm renting these things for almost three thousand dollars a month and my mortgage is still twelve hundred dollars and so i'm probably cash flowing about eighteen hundred dollars on just one and this is right. a long-term rental this isn't even a short-term rental and so by me not selling that property and just hanging on like look i have created a, a crap ton of equity in that and i'm also creating a lot of cash flow and so a lot of people aren't patient in real estate and for newer 
uh, investors, I would just say like gobble up a property a year that you know that you're going to hold on for the long for a long period of time, and you you, you can't lose. No, like it it could go down a little bit, but it's it's always going to rise back up. It's real estate, and so that's what I, that's what I've done. All right, so this is this is so true, right? Like, by the way, this is my business partner. Uh, keep properties. So it took me three years to figure this out. Um, uh, we were, we were flipping everything. And so by holding it, obviously you get the benefit of the tax advantage, you get the appreciation, you get so much to go along with that. Um, so super smart that you started figuring that out right from the gate, uh, because it took me years uh, to figure that out. What I think is also very unique, man, is the fact that you were buying these right off the MLS. Like everyone yeah. was like, oh, there's too much competition. And Jason's over here just like slinging these things on the MLS. So that blows my mind because obviously for anybody who knows me, we, we find everything off market 100%. We, Mike, we I didn't even know what off market was. I didn't like, I swear to you, I got my license. I didn't know how, I didn't even know what wholesaling was. I like, I didn't, right. I, I just, I was like, this is a nice house. I went and looked at it through the lockbox. It was a vacant and I would just put an offer in and buy it the old school way, I guess. And then yeah. obviously it really changed when I when I learned how to market to direct to sellers a little bit and, and make connections with wholesalers. That's when I really expanded because now I'm getting properties 25% off. And that's that's when you could really do some damage. And that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, appreciation is nice when you can still refinance in a year and get your cash out. But what about when you buy a 25% discount? And then the market still appreciates another 10%. And that's what happened to me. You know, I, I would say I bought my first five on market and then everything since then uh, was all mostly, I would say 90% off market deals or through wholesalers. And the, just the ability to know how to do those things is is such a weapon, right? Oh, yeah. That we know how to structure deals. We know how to how to communicate with the wholesalers of what we want, what we're looking for. And people just started bringing me deals. Like I, I had no problem paying an extra two, three, four, five thousand dollars to these wholesalers for a deal with seventy-five to one hundred thousand dollars equity in it. And that's always been my strategy. I'll pay a little bit more for a better location, and that's what I did. Yeah, I, I love that, man. And you, like, you're the king at networking. It seems like when it comes to having the wholesalers respect and trust and bring you those deals, and so. Um, that's something I'm trying to get better about. So I'm curious, like what has worked the best for you in building those relationships? It's kind of probably a rhetorical question, really, but I'm curious, like you, you seem to be crushing it at networking. Yeah. Uh, it's a good, it's a really good question. I think like, yeah, instead of like talking the talk, you got to walk the walk. And so these wholesalers, they're, they're, they're in a shifty business. So if they get a deal, like not all these wholesalers are killing it. So they need to make sure that they are selling it to a really strong buyer. And then when I show my portfolio, like, look, this is my portfolio. Like I am a legit buyer. I will buy this thing if I say I'm going to buy it. And then your reputation is everything. If you back out, um, you're not going to have a good reputation. So I've made really good relationships with agents now and now wholesalers. And they just, if, if they find something I want, then, I'll go after it. And I have no problem paying a little extra. Um, I think some people get greedy sometimes or they're like really stubborn. They're like, oh, I'm not giving that person that extra three, four or five thousand dollars when it, it's it's like pennies on the whole grand scheme of the deal. 
because you're holding this thing for so long and it's going to bring you in thousands and thousands of dollars a month. So I, I have that kind of, I guess, mantra and mindset of that. Just don't sweat the small stuff. And it's worked out pretty well. I would say. So from the long-term uh, rental game, you've obviously transitioned pretty significantly. So we're going to talk a lot about Airbnb on this episode. So um, this is this is about to get really exciting because this this actually got me so interested that I went out and just bought mine recently. <laughs> um, so, so did I influence you a little bit? You may have influenced me. Okay, a lot. good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, so I, I appreciate that. That's I was, dude. Awesome. I was looking for one in Vegas because I wanted to find one out here, and it was just like it was either an HOA or like I'd find one. I'm like, this is the perfect one. No HOA. And it would be like just within that thousand feet or yep, whatever. I remember you had one. I remember yeah, you so, had, yep. yeah. So like how, how have you maneuvered to, to, to find, how many do you have out here now? So I have eight out here. I have nine total and then I'm closing. Actually, I'm going to have 11 total. I'm closing on one in uh, Mississippi uh, early next week. Uh, Create a finance deal. Nice. So, yeah, so the, the short-term rentals have been amazing. And I got into it through a property manager in my office. His name is Sean Cunningham. And he basically figured out um, the best way to manage short-term rentals. He manages hundreds of long-term rentals, gave it a shot a few years ago of managing a few short-term rentals, and then really systemized and created a full business of doing short-term rentals. And short-term rentals are another animal. They are so much work. They are basically your each house is a business. It's not a passive. It's a business. And sometimes the business does well. Sometimes the business doesn't do well. And there's seasons and there's times where it's up and there's times when it's down and there's constant guest turnover and things break. So the first thing, whenever I talk about these things that I tell everybody, it's work. It's not like easy one, two, three, just put furniture in a house and throw it on Airbnb. It's a constant communication struggle with either your guests or your property manager or your cleaners. And if you do it, if you set it up the right way and you really put some love into the place and make it look really nice and care about your product, it's an amazing investment. So is that the key to standing out and staying more occupied versus the ones who aren't? Obviously, that's the name of the game, right? You want to be occupied. Definitely. I mean, it's just like it's it's a hotel, right? That's the best comparison that you can take this business to. So when you go to a hotel and you go to the Wynn versus the Circus Circus, you can see why the Wynn charges $700 a night and the Circus Circus charges $60 a night. And so... Every, every rental property that I own, I've always spruced it up. I've always made it look as nice as it possibly can because you want people to come back and you want people to enjoy your house. Now, the problem is, is that people get lazy and they get cheap. And so we found a real niche of with the, our short-term rentals that if we really spent the extra money and blow it out, of, knock it out of the park, we can really take advantage of charging a premium and so we've created houses that there's nothing like them in Henderson and Las Vegas. And so now it, it, it blew up and it's kind of taken a life of its own. And now I'm going to take the same model and hopefully replicate it, not just here, but in other parts of the country. Yeah. Yeah. So when guys, by the way, if you don't know, if you have not seen Jason Griggs rentals, first of all, 
you absolutely have to. I'm talking like mansion, extravagant, um, basketball courts. I mean, you name it. I, like the list goes on and on and on. Dude, you have some of the absolute coolest Airbnbs. I wish I could share my screen right now and show people. Uh, but at the end, obviously, they can they can follow, follow you and find more about yeah. those. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. They could go to griggsvacationrentals.com. That's my website for all my properties that I have, and you could book directly from there. Uh, but, but it's not it's not brain surgery. So what we did was we looked at some Airbnbs in, in the area we were buying, and I just wasn't impressed with any of them out around. And I'm like, if I was going on vacation to Las Vegas, what would I want? I would want a basketball court. I would want... I want pickleball. I want a pool, hot tub, barbecue, ping pong, beer pong, it, like like an ultimate vacation place. And so that's what we're doing now. We're just trying to build the craziest houses that we possibly can. And, uh, you know, it's a little scary. You're, you're buying a big house and it's a big mortgage. But th when you build something and you're confident in it and there's nothing like it, then you you could hit a home run. And that's what I feel like we did. Yeah. So one thing about that is you said it's very cash intensive, uh, especially when you're buying the house for the million and then you're putting a couple hundred grand in it or whatever you're doing. And so how do you fund those deals? Obviously, you could use your own cash. You could partner. I know there's probably a variation of different things that you can do, but they are cash intensive when you're, you're, you're putting that much cash out. It is very scary because I'm thinking like, oh, shoot. The cash flow these guys are getting, I just, I need one. I'm financially free. <laughs> right. That's what everybody says, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to do Airbnb, but nobody wants to furnish it the right way. That's, that's my line. Uh, so to answer your question, uh, the first few that I did, I just bought with regular conventional financing. Um, they weren't that expensive of homes, four to 500,000. We would put the 20% down and then we would just pay cash for the furniture and the setup and the labor. Uh, but when you buy a million dollar house and a $1.5 million house, um, it gets a little bit trickier. So what we did, we used hard money. I partnered with Tyler Hubs on the two, my two big ones. Um, he's absolutely incredible with his design work and his construction background. And I knew I needed somebody that just isn't a scared little girl when it comes to buying a 9,000 square foot house and remodeling it. And I was that person. I was scared crapless to do it and he just walked in and he's like i got this no problem shout and out to hubs he's here's modeling a couple million dollar home in, in seven hills right now yep the guy he is just so talented he he's gonna have his own tv show i think one day um i'm just so pumped that i got to do this with him and obviously i'm, I'm partnered with him on it so we're gonna be together for a while but he's so talented and uh so yeah that's what we, we bought with hard money then we refinanced it with a commercialized loan okay a commercialized rental loan Got it. Got it. So when you say you're buying a, a million dollar plus home with uh, hard money, you know, the numbers must be good because we know how much hard money costs and, and, and how how that all works with the interest. Uh, but let's put some perspective to it. So for for somebody who's listening, who's like, OK, you bought it with hard money. Um, that's great but aren't you paying like $20,000 of interest on that hard money? So yep. how do those numbers make sense? Are you eating that cost for the first few yeah. months? So, so let's just break it down. Uh, I'll, I have no problem sharing this deal. I think the more transparent, I always try to be as transparent as possible. I bought the house for 1.4 million. Tyler and I did. So we put down 10% and 
and then we put two hundred eighty thousand dollars into the into the property, and so we're going to refinance it. We're we're we were paying eight thousand a month in hard money costs, and I think we're into it for about six or seven months, so around sixty something thousand of holding costs. Okay, but the property appreciated around a million dollars. You're kidding me. It. So yeah. so you're into this thing for like what one point seven? Yeah, uh, right around there, and I have it. Like, uh, like being nice, I have it at 2.5 because there's no 9,000 square foot houses in that area that are totally remodeled. And so there's a few that are on the market in the three and $3 million range. And um, especially that license is worth at least a hundred thousand um, on the property alone. And so, you know, we're, we're doing really, we're going to do really well with that one. Our mortgage, when we refinance, it's going to be around 75 to eight grand a month. And last month was our first like real launch month that we brought in over $42,000 um, in revenue uh, with Airbnb. Incredible. Like absolutely incredible, man. <laughs> like the cash flow from that one property blows away guys' portfolios who have 50 properties. Like it just, it's bizarre to me. So is that because it's the best time of the year for Vegas, like travel season you think, or do you, do you expect pretty consistently those types of months i think we could do honestly i think we could do better nice. um just because we had we had a lot of hiccups with this house the licensing and the city busting our chops a little bit um and things break a lot in a nine thousand square foot house and there's going to be a lot of expenses but there's nothing like the house and yeah. so when you have a big group of 15 guys that want to go on a bachelor party or a family reunion and they need a big house and they go on airbnb and you'd search the whole east side of Las Vegas and ours is the first one that comes up and it's really the only big one. People are like, yeah, I want to book that. And like the pricing of, I think we have it on for like almost 25 to three grand a night. They just don't care. Yeah, they just I mean, pay, they're like, we'll pay it. We'll gladly pay it. It's actually cheaper to, to pay that than to get seven, eight hotel rooms at three, 400 a night. And so, you know, in speculation, it makes sense. I love that. That's amazing, dude. So, um, so that, that makes sense now. So you, you, you guys, uh, can understand where he's coming from for a, how, how do I buy this number one, but how do I go above and beyond to where everyone wants to book it? Like keep that thing occupied, keep that cash flow rolling in and then rinse and repeat. Are you yeah. going to be able to find another deal like that in Las Vegas? I don't know. But you know what's funny, Mike? It's like everyone's like, well, you know, you're only going to get bachelor parties to stay there and you're only going to get this. And I'm like, maybe. And then it hit me like by having a house like this, we've gotten so many crazy offers of people who want to film commercials there. They want to do an event there. They want to do photo shoots. They want to stay there. It's like. It's like a huge networking tool that we never expected to happen. And we have all these influencers who want to go in there and take pictures and use it and shout out our property. And so it's kind of like taking on a whole life of its own, having this thing where people are coming up to me and they're like, hey, I saw your house. The thing's awesome. Can, can we go and take a tour of it? Can we take pictures? And we, we never expected that. We just thought it was going to be a rental property but now it's turned into something totally different and i would like to do this other places not just here where i can do one in arizona or texas and i could go use it and then 
state and just say, hey, kind of ha- I have like this line of properties across the country. It's smart. I mean, why not? Right. Because nobody's stopping you from doing it. Obviously, the regulation is the only thing that you might have to worry about. And so what are you looking for in other markets? Because I heard you say Mississippi. I know you're looking in other markets. So what are you looking for? I just look for deals that like cash flow well and that I have ec- that I walk into some equity with just to play it safe. Um, right. Like I would never like that. We'll use that big one. I would have never spent three, four hundred thousand over market value for it. Right. I felt like we got a good a good deal on the buy. And that's super important in real estate. And so what I'm doing now is just it's cool because this has turned into like a whole nother business of me helping other entrepreneurs and real estate investors and they're bringing me deals and they're like hey jason you want to partner on this do you want to buy this from me and so i'm getting my dms are getting pretty pretty active and people like hey i got this deal in mississippi it's a create creative finance deal i love creative finance deals because you don't need a loan and in mississippi it was i don't know twenty thousand to buy into it and it cash flowed pretty well and i was like you know you can't do it unless you try it and so i'll try it and if it works, great. If not, then I'll sell it. But I'm just testing out different markets. Yeah, that's the key, man, is you can't be afraid to take that action. So I love that because that's a lot of risk. I mean, for most people to get that far into a property, it's like, what if this? What if that? Yeah. It's like, well, what, what if, if I never did right. it, right? I, I know. I hate the what ifs. I, I'm not a what if person. I'm a le- yeah. like, I moved to Vegas when I was 21. I moved by myself, one suitcase. Let's go. Moving here. And I'm not a what if person. I'm a pull the trigger and then figure it out after. Yep. Yep. Me as well. Uh, jump off the cliff and uh, figure out <laughs> if you get the parachute on the way home. Yeah, right. <laughs> awesome, dude. Well, um, what else is important for uh, an Airbnb? Because I, I think a few of your properties have pools. Does that add a ton of value for people who are staying out here, especially? Yeah. So I'll, get, I'll dive into it a little bit. So when, This is a question I get asked a lot. Like, what do you look for? You need to, one, find a market that's super popular or or maybe an up-and-coming market. And so what we did was we didn't buy our properties right next to the Vegas Strip because the Vegas Strip, those areas aren't the best, right? That's the Spring Valleys and the East Side. They're not the best areas to buy real estate in. And so we figured, what if we bought properties in the better parts but they're 20 minutes away and it's a lot. It's a, and, and you can sell that on the listing. Look, it's only, it looks far, but it's really not far and you're getting a way better experience. And so that's what I would recommend. Don't just go buy in the heart of the city because it's, it might be saturated. And then you need to start looking at markets that aren't oversaturated, like states like Texas and Arizona. There's no rules there. But it's a very saturated short-term rental market. So you might go down one street and there's 50 of them all over the place. And so where I operate, there's licenses. So there's a restriction on how many in the whole area, which is great because there it, it won't get oversaturated ever. Great um, for the guy who has a 10 of them already. <laughs> right. I have the licenses on it. So I, I'm good. Um, right. But so that's the, that's the difficult part of people jumping into the business of what market do you want to hit and how do you attack that market? And so my advice would be go after a market that isn't totally oversaturated, like the Florida's and all that stuff. Like 
anything by the beach and the water, you're going to see a ton of oversaturation, which is okay. Like it's still probably a good investment, but you, we, you got to start thinking outside the box because Airbnb has been going for a while of what's like the next cool town to pop up, like, and take wherever you think that is and start kind of drawing like a circle around it and trying to break into a new market. I think that is the way to go. I, I think that's smart. So you're staying ahead of the curve versus like, okay, everyone figured this out right here. It's yep. oversaturated. We're going to kind of go a little bit outside or find a new spot. I think that's brilliant. And another thing, man, it was kind of uh, interesting about the states that you had just mentioned there. Um, there's something about all those states. That I don't know if anybody else caught this. There's no state income tax. All of the right. states that you mentioned, there's no state income right. tax. Right. That's a good point. I didn't, you know, I just said it kind of blindly, but it's like the wild wild west there's no rules yeah i even i actually have one in kansas city too i tested that market there's no rules um and it doesn't do the the henderson ones crush any other market or in my opinion that people that i've talked to um just because vegas is the mecca of tourism but i i did one in kansas city and it does fine like, and I'm not a greedy person. I'm like, ah, I wish I did a little better. It covers the mortgage. It cash flows very well. I don't have to touch it. I hired a property manager to run it for me. And I have another rental in my portfolio. If I ever want to go to Kansas City, I could block out a weekend and go to Kansas City. I um, stayed in a 5,000 square foot house with a giant pool, a suburb of Kansas City. Incredible Airbnb. This was like three years ago for a bachelor party. And they were getting at the time, like it was absurd. It was like a thousand dollars a night, but there were like eight of us guys were like, oh, well, like it's cheaper than going to a hotel. And plus we're going to be able to use this house as entertainment, big backyard, all this stuff. So it just made total sense. I agree. And that's why I create them. It's funny, Mike. I'm not a big Airbnb guy. When I go on vacation, I don't use a lot of them. I, I don't know why. I just, uh. I just never got into them or just never. I've stayed in maybe on three my whole life. Maybe I should try them a little bit more or do some trades of other hosts. But, you know, when with mine, I want to make sure that the guests have a good experience. And we've gotten a ton of repeat customers back or people tell their friends about our houses, which is a nice compliment. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun. That's cool, man. Um, what do you say to somebody who's like, well, Jason, uh, yeah, I don't want to take all the risk to buy the property. Uh, maybe I'll just arbitrage it. Maybe I'll just uh, rent it from this guy for $1,500 and, and throw it on Airbnb for $2,500. All right. We're going the arbitrage route. All right. So had to. yeah, it's, it's fine. I, I didn't like the arbitrage method um, when I first got into the business. I understand why people do it. But for me, I'm a real estate investor. And so that business is not real estate investing. So you're subleasing the, the property and you're trying to make cash flow um, between your rent and what you can produce it, produce on it with as a short-term rental. Now, my my mind changed when I went and spoke in Houston, and you meet people who are arbitraging 50, 60, 75 to 100 units, and then you're like, wow, like the money that these guys are bringing in is significant um, but it's just two separate businesses so if you want to invest in real estate then you got to do kind of what i do but if you want to arbitrage and people younger newer students or people who are new to investing i think it's a great 
I think it's a great avenue to kind of learn the business and then take that cash and buy the real estate. But I tried to arbitrage one. I, I, I've partnered with a few guys who were showing me and I was like, I want to try one. I'll, I'll fund it. And it's a lot of work for just not that much, not as much profit, in my opinion. Like the real profit in real estate is the appreciation of the asset. And with arbitrage, it's a lot of risk. It's a lot of work. And I don't know. It's just not worth it to me to make that thousand bucks cash flow a month. Yeah. Set every up by the first, like because everyone's like, oh, I could, you know, I could rent it for fifteen hundred, and then uh, I could arbitrage it for up to four thousand thirty five hundred. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but you're forgetting about you have to buy the furniture, which is super expensive. So that's twenty thousand dollars. See your right? cash flow, which is the lease with the person you maybe arbitrage with. Hopefully, you can get a longer lease, but. Yeah. yeah. So now yeah. it's like, yeah, I made forty thousand. I'm like, you only made twenty because <laughs> you're not telling everybody about the furniture. So I mean, I'm sure you see it everywhere. Everyone is oh, like teaching sure. the arbitrage, right? That's like the cool, sexy new. I don't know. I feel like it's a shortcut real estate, uh, not a scam, but it's like a little hook to yeah. get people on, right? And I, I don't. I in my course that I released, I didn't teach it. I didn't yeah. teach it. I just. It's not something I do, so I, I felt like I couldn't sell something that I don't actually do. Yeah, no, I, I think it, to each their own, right? But at the end of the day, I totally see where you're coming from. There's the investor mindset and the consumer mindset. It's like people who own thousands of units, but they don't even own their own home. Like it, It's like that's a whole different conversation, but the same thing applies. Is like for you, you're like, well, I have Airbnbs. You know, they're great. Uh, but I don't necessarily even stay at them when I when I travel as much. It's all about preference, and I think ownership is is definitely a great way to go. So it's pretty cool uh, that you're teaching people how to do that. Uh, is yeah. there anything? Oh, go ahead. No, I mean it's it's like I'm a real estate investor. So like if I'm an investor, I want to teach people how I built wealth, and like I didn't build wealth by subleasing apartments or subleasing other rentals i i built wealth because i bought the real estate asset and i rent it and i never sold it so i'm just keeping it and in my opinion that's the best way to be successful and so doing that along with some of the other side things that i do with being an agent flipping and doing some wholesales here and there um, there's just nothing better than you know looking at your portfolio and being like yeah hey there's a few million dollars in here worth of real estate that i could sell one day or I could keep and pass down to my kids. And uh, it's just, it's, it's a very powerful thing to have. 100% dude. I, I, I love it. It's um, it's a muscle that I'm changing, but I have to ask, uh, is it working so good to where you're like, I'm not going to change anything. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Or are you pulling some other tools out of your belt to maybe start to find some off market property partnering with guys who are, um it's a great talk. question i mean so let's talk about the market shift right um we've seen a huge market shift here in vegas uh things have kind of hit the yellow right people are not paying crazy numbers anymore over list price um but i don't know if you follow this obviously i do the rental mark the rental market has is is continuing to increase and we're going to have a real rental problem here soon where if things people lose their jobs or people 
can't afford to pay their rent anymore. And these rents are crazy. And so a lot of people are taking advantage of that and they're charging outrageous rents and people are paying it. So we'll see what happens. But to answer your question, I am just I haven't bought a real property in eight months um, just because I kind of hit the pause button. And I've just been saving and waiting to see kind of how this market shifts. And I think you got to be smart, right? When you when you fire away, you got to be correct, because if you're not, you could really hurt yourself. And so I've, I've bought a few creative finance deals because they were small entries and I don't have to get a loan in my name. And but I do think the rental market will stay strong, especially in Vegas and Henderson, because people a lot of people still moving here mm-hmm. and getting out of those more expensive places. But I don't think you could go wrong with buying rental properties with the mindset that you know that there is some room there to uh, if if things do go sour a little bit, that you're going to be able to lower your rent and still pay your mortgage because that is the business. You want somebody to pay the rent and that rent to pay off your mortgage. And you do that for so long that one day it's it's gone. The mortgage payment is completely gone. And now you have a paid off asset. And you could just sit and back and be like, look, I could sell this thing. I could keep renting it for income. But that's the business. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. And I, I love that about uh, the rentals is because, yeah, you're, you're free once the cash flow exceeds your living. And then the rest is just the cherry on top. Exactly. So it's a beautiful thing. Yep. So with the market, so obviously people are still moving to Vegas specifically. What are you seeing out here? Are you seeing... Um, you said, you said in the yellow, are you seeing kind of a, like a stop, a slowdown, obviously houses sitting in the market more or like what, what's going on out here from somebody who's more active in this market? I think it's a, it's like a, <laughs> compared to like a washing machine. Cause one day I'm like, wow, there's a lot of new, more listings, but then I list something and I get full price offer and I'm like, all right, well maybe, I don't know. So I think the, the properties that are priced correctly and that are nice, nicely done are going to sell. But things that that are like I walked like I walked into this house the other day. It was a it was a million dollars. I'm like, this is not a million dollar house. Yeah, it's a five bedroom with nothing. There's no upgrades. Like, so it's like you have to kind of go with your gut, and you're like, mm, like this house isn't gonna sell for a million. It's not gonna sell. Like this guy's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. gonna sell for a million dollars. And so a lot of people who bought their house for seven fifty last year thinking they could just make a quick buck and flip it and sell it now, I don't think that's going to happen. So my business is really reliant on being an agent. I, I take that income and I, and I use it to buy as many rentals as I can. But those rentals now are, are kind of really, there's so much equity in them and I bought them so long ago and that they're, they're going to be fine. They're going to be stable and I have good tenants in them. Yeah, I think reality is setting in uh, for some people who were optimistic about the prices, like oh, like buying on the fact that the market's just going up 5% every month or whatever the situation may be. I've started to see some of that same stuff in our market or in, in our area where it's like this person just has been on the market for two months. They are finally starting to get a little bit more realistic, but it's not going anywhere at that price. Right. It's funny because you, li- you live in Inspirata, right? Yeah. Okay, so I would say six months. I think there was only like six houses for sale in Inspirata. And now it's like 40-something. They're everywhere now. They're everywhere, right? Yeah. And now yeah. like those, there was like a bunch of houses, like the more expensive ones, like 1.2 in Inspirata. 
there's not any like over a million right now for sale. And so now everybody's like, okay, well, let's come back down to reality of like a house in Inspirata isn't a million dollars. Yeah, we cast we cast a fairly wide net with our marketing and we're direct to seller. So we're running ads and stuff like that. And I think the whole time I've lived here in, in Clark County, I've maybe had two or three leads in my neighborhood in this area. And I think we've had 10 in the last five or 10 months, wow. like five to six months. And so we're starting to see people like who are listed calling cash buying companies versus like, oh, it's I'm good. You know, I'm listed. I'm going to sell it. So I, I think reality is definitely setting in. And I think it's a great time to be an investor. Oh, hundred, hundred, you nailed it right there. Now, the people that are that are calling into you are they panicky or are they just like, hey, I just want to get a realistic number. I'm not trying to be greedy. Like, what are those people like? It, it, it's a combination. You know, the people out here are a lot less panicky because they're they have equity uh, mm-hmm. versus some people in other markets. Their situations all vary, of course. Um, these people are not as like urgent. They're just like the prop. The, the expectation wasn't set. Um, okay. The agent was over optimistic, like, "Hey, let's list it for this price." And uh, I was told by my friend, they were like, "I wouldn't have listed that for a hundred. I would have listed that for a hundred thousand dollars less." Right. And so it, it's just kind of a letdown. Some of these sellers who were over promised and are getting under delivered um, just on the market shifting, and then the agent just may not have known. Uh, but that brings up a good thought. Something that a lot of agents that I see happening is they just never they never get in investing into real estate. And I heard you say, and I've heard a lot of other agents do this, you're rolling your commissions into some of your deals. So what do you say to an agent who's like, they're crushing it? Maybe they're having a lot of success. What do you say to that person? I think being a real estate agent is the dumbest profession that you could possibly be in ever. And here's why. Why would I, as an agent, if I saw an opportunity to make a lot of money or own real estate, why would I give it to my client when I can <laughs> when I can take advantage of the knowledge of how to do it? And I've asked this question to my broker, Josh Galindo, like the, the biggest guys, and they all say the same thing. We don't know why either. It's just, it's baffling to me that, I have people in my office that have been doing this 30 years and they don't own any rental properties and they're still grinding that, that realtor grind. Like the realtor grind ends because if you don't have a client, you don't make any money. You don't have a business. That's right. And so I, I figured that out right away. Like within the first month of me getting my license, I knew what I was here to do. I'm an, I'm an investor first and then I will be an agent to fund the investor investments. And so I, I don't know why, but what's going to happen is these agents who really are remember, these hot dog, I call them hot shots that were listing the properties and getting 10 offers and being a, you know what, on the phone, that's going to end very quickly. Oh, yeah. it already and it's going to be people like me and you who know how to structure deals and the creative financing deals that are coming when there's not any equity gap and you can't sell your house. And now these people are stuck and now they're going upside down. And they're going to have to sit down and, and have a hard conversation of you're going to have to kind of deed this over to somebody who knows what they're doing 
because you don't have you have no shot of keeping this thing afloat. You're going to eventually drown in this payment. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so true, man. And, you know, it took me, like I said, a few years. We we bought 10 properties last month, which sounds ridiculous for me to even say that because everyone else is kind of like a little bit freaked out. Uh, but we're just doing our thing, man. We got a deal machine. Uh, we're pumping out the marketing. The leads are coming in. We're seeing better opportunities. We're seeing some of the best deals that we've ever seen. And That's so awesome. it's like, well, why why wouldn't we, you know, buy those deals and and keep? And, and this is how you build wealth. And so uh, how important is it? Like, I know you figured this out early on, but how important is it for somebody to find someone who just knows what's going on, who gets it, who, who can rub shoulders with that person? Yeah. Uh, so I had, I had, so it was a little di different for me because my broker and my brokerage, they went through the, the crash. So these are people that they, they got destroyed. Um, you know, five, six years prior to for, for me getting my license. So I understand that they were very hesitant to redo this again and build up. So, but, you know, scared money don't make money. And, That's right. you know, so the, the mentors that I've had in my life, they were like very entrepreneurial business minded people where my parents were teachers and they were like, hey, you know, be a teacher and you get summers off, stable paycheck, retirement, that kind of route. And I knew right away I wasn't that type of person. And so I would definitely recommend to find somebody that does the business. Like, like you can't go and get mentored by somebody who actually isn't in the pool swimming. And I right. see that so often where like I was just on the phone yesterday. I got a call from a guy and he's like, well, this agent told me that this was the, the a really good Airbnb. And I said, well, how many Airbnbs does she own? He's like, none. I said, well, then how can she know? that this is a really good airbnb like people just listen to people because they they say something like i like show some proof here of why like you're gonna mentor me and so that's what i would recommend awesome well with that being said obviously you are now helping people you're showing people the way on airbnb and uh you've recently came out with a course for it and i think it would be a no-brainer for people to learn more and, and work with you because obviously you've mastered it so uh, where can people learn more about that and, and kind of dive deeper with you? Okay. So obviously the short-term rentals is a huge topic in real estate because it's the best cash flowing business that you could do with real estate. Uh, multifamily might be better, but it's on that top level, right? So I was, when, when I was doing it, I was getting so much attention and questions of how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? And I was like, somebody was like you need to build a course so you don't have to just so you could stop taking the phone calls because i was spending so much time explaining the, the business to people and then i realized no one is going to take action and do the business and it's just a huge waste of time and so i built this course out because i wanted to educate people on the business and be no bs like this is a tough business and it's expensive to get into it and if you still want to do it then we can move forward. And so I built the course and that's what I'm doing now. I'm like, step one, take this course and learn yeah. the business. Because when I call you and tell you that your furniture broke because you bought cheap furniture, you're going to realize, okay, I'm not going to buy cheap furniture up front. I'm going to buy durable furniture that's a little bit more expensive. So it doesn't cost me more money down the line. And so I built this out. 
Um, it was very difficult to do, a lot harder than I expected because you're you're basically giving every single little detail in a full business. And I went from, I think I did it a little differently where I didn't just build a course of I'm sitting in front of a computer screen talking about it. I took half of the course and I went through my own properties. And oh, so wow. I video tour each each level property that I have. I did five video tours and I go through the house of every single little thing in my house. Why I put this doorbell, what kind of doorbell it is, what kind of light goes on the front, what kind of door handle, what kind of key entry lock the systems behind it, what pool cleaner do we use, which hot tubs do we buy, all of that. And so I think when people go through it, they're going to really be like, okay, wow, like that's super thoughtful of the business of to be successful in the business. And so, yeah, a lot of realtors are reaching out. They want to learn how to do it. And so I'm like, look, if you just take the course, take a few hour course and learn it, and then you could relay to your clients then you'll have something and then it, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, guys. So obviously there's a ton of value with learning from somebody who has been there, done that. And I'm not going to lie, Jason, like I learned so much from you. So I'm forever grateful. Otherwise I probably wouldn't have even known where to start, but well, as let's, I let's dive into yours for let, Let's what tell, tell, tell me about your Airbnb. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we were from Nebraska, so we ended up buying an Airbnb off market from a referral. So I just posted online, hey, anybody selling a property, I'm looking to pay a little bit more top dollar because I want to do an Airbnb. So you were marketing um, for an Airbnb that was already running and you took it over? No, no. So okay. I was marketing for an off market property. So okay. the property lead came in. Um, I negotiated a deal with the seller and ended up uh, taking getting a price that made sense. And then we went in and we gutted the whole place. Okay. Um, we ripped out the, all the bathrooms, the flooring, everything. I, we even ripped out the subfloor um, unexpectedly because we found out after we dug into it that it had some water damage. And um, long story short, we're, you know, we went through it for quite a bit of money. Um, so what'd you we, buy it for and what's your rehab? Yeah. So we bought it for 200. Okay. Um, we're going to be into it for probably 55,000 on the rehab. With or without furniture? without furniture okay uh, so we'll, there you go we'll be into it for another probably twelve thousand on furniture okay. a little bit more all right and so yeah we're, we're all in like we're all yeah. into it and just learned a lot um, throughout the throughout the journey of it is like the details right like the door lock what happens if the battery dies with the cameras what happens <laughs> if the battery dies? Like all these little things that were like how do you how do you think about all these things like could somebody just give me a checklist <laughs> or like just give me something to where i don't have to like it was it was six months of i would say um every conversation my wife and i had and she was just like we were just annoyed with it we were like okay we just got to get through it because we we learned a lot okay it doesn't have to be like that i don't believe and like i'm talking like it was such a bad deal it was such a great experience and it was it was a lot of fun um but it was my wife's baby and I, I didn't have a ton of interest in buying one in Nebraska. Now, if it was in Vegas and it was like a property like your guys is like, I'm a lot more excited for that. But at the end of the day, man, like the listing goes live. We see the results, the fruits of the labor. And I'm like, okay, that, it, right. now it's fun. Now it was, it was, it was it. awesome. Like I, I'm just, I can't wait for this thing to get booked. I can't wait for the, the cash flow to start coming in because you know, 
it's going to be market rents of 1800 regular. Um, and we should be able to bring close to three grand in a month. It's nothing crazy. It's not going to you know get rich overnight, um, anything like that. But at the end of the day, it's, um, it's cash flow and it's equity. And it's yep. tax, it's all the benefits of owning real and estate. And you could use it. Right? That's like a big one that everyone forgets. It's funny because you're I saw your listing and you use Evolve. Yeah. And that's the one um, that I'm using in Mississippi. That's a, they're a big, strong company. How's your experience been so far? Um, I can't really, it's only been going for a few months. So too, I can't too, really. Too soon. It's too soon. I can't okay. give you a, 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 a full review just that's yet, but I can soon. Cool. Yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'm in the same boat. So we just launched. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, yeah, obviously, Jay, you have a ton of experience, man. And thank you so much for sharing. Uh, for anybody who's watching, you definitely should share this. You should definitely check out um, Jason's course. We'll drop a link um, in the chat as well. That way you can uh, look into it. Um, anything else? Any, any final thoughts? No, Mike, I, I, I love what you're doing, man. And it's so funny because I, I talk about you all the time about uh, wholesaling and, and, and wholesale marketing. And people are like, oh, I'm going to do it. And, and what's it like? You know, who are the people that are successful with it? And I think you're the only person, honestly, that I know that I know a few, but like you are the person that I bring up all the time. I'm like, I know this guy, Mike. Like, this guy is a stone cold killer structured guy. Like if like this guy will eat eight egg whites every single day, if that's his structure <laughs> and he won't break that, that structure. And so when I tell people that I'm like, you have no shot of being successful with it because you're all over the place. Like I know you have, you have to be, and I can't even do it because it's so grueling and structured and difficult. And so I, I commend what you do because it's, it's very difficult. It's a difficult business. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, it's a mutual feeling. I honestly was going to say, I feel sorry for all of those calls because I think every time somebody was like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about Airbnb. I'm like, Jason Griggs, I'm like Jason Griggs, <laughs> here's his phone number. Just call him. And I'm like, yep. Oh shoot. Jason's going to hate me later when he gets all these. No, calls. no, no. I'm happy to help, man. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Right. Cause when, once you find like your little niche of like a lot of people like, I had no clue who you were. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> I guess I'm like the Airbnb guy around town. And yep. that's okay. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's good to be, it's good to be known for the niche. And, um, you know, for anybody who's watching, it's like, yeah, choose your niche and, and just go all in and commit and decide and stay disciplined. You know, I don't even think of myself as that disciplined. But at the end, oh of my guy, I know you're disciplined. And we, we know each other, but we don't really, really know each other. But I could yeah. just tell. By yeah. hanging out with you and meeting you a few times that you need to be super structured to do what you do. Right. Like you're right. You even showed me your schedule and your regimen. I was like, yeah, there's no shot. I'm doing. I could ever keep up with that. But that's why you're successful because you can do the hard things that a lot of other people can't do. Yeah. I mean, it's showing up when you don't want to, right. It's like showing up when it's a holiday or it's a weekend and you have to take care of some business or like, Hey, I just got back from Nashville for the week and, you know, we had a situation and, you know, I have a team who's out there doing amazing things, but sometimes you got to step in, you know, sometimes you got to make that call. That's not going to be a fun call to make or whatever the situation may be. Uh, that's the beauty of owning a business. Yes, sir. And yes, I would sir. trade it for anything. Let's go. So, Beautiful. Wh so what is your, what is your, um, real quick before we, what is your prediction here in the next six months with Vegas? Mm, man, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, my prediction is I, I just think that it levels off. Um, 
it's actually interesting. It may may drop even a little bit, maybe 5%. I, I don't know. But what I have noticed and I follow really closely is is what are the hedge funds doing? Right. Um, and they the stopped funds, a lot of them. Yeah, they stopped buying. And the hedge funds had such a strong pull on the entire market share because as I'm watching Zillow prices just go boom, 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 boom every single every single week, literally every week, um, especially in my neighborhood. And then I start to, to take a peek at them again. And even our house's estimate has went down like a little bit. Not a wow. lot. Wow. Not Probably a lot. The first time ever, right? The first time. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we bought our house two years ago. It It's went up 25%, not even exaggerating since we purchased. And so to see it go down, it makes you realize that, okay, the comps are changing a little bit. The optimistic comps in the spring are not going to be the comps in, in September. Yep. that you're going to want to buy from. So we're just adjusting, you know, we're adjusting our buy box just a little bit, uh, maybe five to 10%. Obviously the lower we can get it, the better. Um, and at the end of the day, as long as you're following the market down or leading the market down, you should be just fine. Uh, you don't want to get caught being optimistic though, especially in Vegas. Yeah, I agree with that. It's funny. I just, I've looked on the new uh, on market deals. I found a uh, a house that I've been wanting for years, probably for five years. I've wanted this house. I got a bid twice and I originally wanted for six forty. Now it's worth a million. Now, now it's on for a million and I'm going to sit and wait to see if this thing could go down a bunch and go after it again. Cause throw I think it's... Throw, throw them a creative offer. See what they think. Yeah. About that. Yeah. I would love, to, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. Like in the next five minutes, <laughs> a a ACC over an ACC. No, it, this one is uh, it, the address is two hundred Sunset Shower. Check it out; it's a really cool house. Okay, cool. Well, if anybody uh, here wants to check out a sweet house, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't outbid me. I've wanted this house for a while. <laughs> we won't talk about the numbers, <laughs> but uh, no, man, it's super awesome. Uh, Mike, thanks final... for having me, man. Uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. And uh, if anyone needs help with short-term rentals, I can definitely help you. I've helped people all over the place build them out and uh organize it and set them up so happy to help beautiful go follow jason griggs guys thanks we'll mike talk soon. you have a great weekend buddy all right you too see ya Bye.